Hello, everyone. This is Mike Sedam with the Crucial Talks podcast. If you follow me on LinkedIn earlier this week, you would have seen a photograph I posted of my son crossing from one platform to another at his little ninja's gymnastics class. He was crossing from one platform to the other using these things they call cheese boards. They call them that because they look like Swiss cheese. So one of my greatest interests is dealing with the fact that no matter what we do, people will make mistakes. It's not because they're bad people. They're just people. So similar to these cheese boards, we're going to talk a little bit about James Reason's Swiss cheese model. And we're going to use that in order to better understand capacity building. So there are three key takeaways you're going to get from this episode. First, the Swiss cheese model is a valuable risk management visualization tool so that we can see how organizational influence, supervision, preconditions, and unsafe acts can lead to something bad happening. Second, even though the Swiss cheese model is usually shown as a static visual, in reality, these influences are moving and changing. They are fluid, just like the rest of our lives. And third, we can deal with change through building capacity. First, let's start by quickly describing James Reason's Swiss cheese model for those of us that don't know about it or need a quick refresher. Please reach out to me if you want more information on this. You can Google it or you can pick up Reason's book. The first thing we should recognize about the Swiss cheese model is it lets us see that to fix problems, we should look at the system. I can tell you that a systems approach to building safety capacity or any other organizational capacity like leadership or communication is a proactive and positive way to improve our organizations. Reason's model lets us see that errors don't come from the person, but instead from systemic factors that exist. This means if we fix the system, we can reduce errors. In other words, instead of trying to fix people, we fix the system where people work. So now let's go into Reason's model and the use of Swiss cheese as a way to visualize the model in our minds. Imagine slices of cheese hanging parallel to each other. Each of the slices of cheese represents a defense against an error. If the slices of cheese were solid, the defenses would be impenetrable. But we know this is not true. So we use the visual of Swiss cheese slices where there are holes in each defensive slice. A hole in one slice doesn't mean a bad thing will happen. But when the holes line up, it could lead to a very bad occurrence. So one of the things I know about organizations are they are constantly changing. Multiple policies, changes to policies, changes to working conditions, changes in personnel, changes in employees you hire, changes in training, fluctuating budgets, the economy. All of these things cause organizations to be in constant flux. So we can think of the whole in each of the pieces of Swiss cheese not as constants, but as variables. Some holes close, new holes open, some holes change size or shape. Not only that, but the slices of the cheese may become bigger or smaller. They may move. They may get thicker. They may get thinner. There is constant change. So what can we do? This is where I think the thought of safety as a capacity that can be managed through things like appreciative inquiry can help. Now, how can we think about capacity and building capacity to deal with issues that arise knowing that things are changing and that these holes in our defenses are constantly moving targets? 
This is where a seven-year-old helped me to see a way. I could explain this thought of using capacity to deal with issues and systems, whether those systems are workplaces, our families, or our communities. So the other night, I went to a gymnastics class to watch my seven-year-old son. The class is called Little Ninjas. This class helps kids build strength, coordination, and gymnastic skills, such as tumbling, swinging on bars, and other things that make my 43-year-old body cringe, but that my seven-year-old son absolutely loves. And he proves this to me often when he decides it would be better to do a front roll to cover ground as opposed to walking to cover the same ground. One of the things they have in the gym is an obstacle course with balance beams, ropes to swing from, cargo nets, and a set of boards with holes in them that they use to get from one platform to another. These boards are called cheese boards because they look like Swiss cheese. The interesting thing for me is that they hang parallel, just like Reason's Swiss cheese model. They are also constantly moving. They're only attached at the top. So they swing back and forth and side to sides. The kids have to get from one end to the other. I watched my son and other kids navigate this obstacle. I watched every time they went from the platform to the other platform. No kid took the exact same approach as another. And kids that went through didn't do it the exact same way they did it the time before. It was close, but hand position was different. Foot position was different. Sometimes it went through a hole. Sometimes it went around the right side of the board. Sometimes around the left side. Sometimes they fell. They changed because the conditions changed. When two boards were far apart because they were swinging, they used a different tactic than when the boards were swinging from side to side. This is how the thought of capacity can help us. The kids were able to make it because they had built the capacity to deal with those changing slices of cheese. We deal with change constantly in our day-to-day lives. Think about your drive to work. Even if you take the same route every day, things constantly change. There could be a crash. You may deal with kind drivers, or you may deal with selfish drivers. You may play different music instead of listening to my podcast. There could be something on the road. Things are constantly changing. So how do you deal with those things that change? You deal with those things like my son dealt with the cheese boards. You have built a capacity to absorb those small changes. So what exactly is capacity? I, along with other people who try to help others, talk about capacity all the time. Even if they don't say the word capacity, when they're talking about organizations being flexible or leaders developing competencies, or coaching someone to do better in their jobs. What they're talking about is building capacity, the capacity to deal with change, the capacity to lead, the capacity to serve in a new role. They're talking about transformation or absorbing change. Capacity is the ability to do something, deal with something, or understand something. If I put a blank line in front of it and told you to fill in the blank with something that concerns you, It can actually help you understand how capacity building can serve a positive purpose in your life, in your company, or in your community. So think about it. Blank line, capacity, safety capacity, leadership capacity, communication capacity, sales capacity. All of these things help us. They help us to understand that capacity building can improve how we do things. So if you work in the safety profession, you may want to build safety capacity. If you're a new leader, you might be trying to build leadership capacity. 
If you're an experienced leader, you may be prepping your team by building communication capacity. And if you're a worrywart like me, you counter that by building your capacity to be an optimist. That's why I love the appreciative inquiry approach. In other words, looking for the positives that build system capacity. So that's what we're going to focus on now, using appreciative inquiry to build system capacity. In similar terms, we're going to look at how we can use positives in order to improve ourselves, our workplaces, our families, or our communities. I can't go into every aspect of appreciative inquiry, but I would like to leave you with three specific takeaways that apply to my son learning to navigate the cheese boards, apply to us learning to navigate our way to work, and apply to organizations learning to navigate their way through tough times or risk. First, we're going to talk about the need to change from a pessimistic view to an optimistic view. Second, we need to realize that what we choose to practice, study, and observe is what we change in our lives. Third, we need to realize that how we imagine or see the future is the direction we will move. Listen to this quick clip, and then we'll talk about how it can apply to us. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, bring the on, man. Oh, God, I love it. Awesome. Oh, God, I hurt a little, but I'm all right. Oh, my God, son, what the hell are you doing? 364 more days till next year's hockey trials. I got to toughen up. Yeah! Oh, God, I felt good. Yeah! Come on, boy, cut that out. You're making me sick. Hey! So you're a hockey player, huh? Yeah. You're gonna give that up? You're gonna concentrate on golf. Who the hell are you? I'm the club pro here, Chubbs Peterson. And I'm offering to teach you how to play golf personally, for free. No. You have no idea who I am, do you? No, I don't. Back in 1965, Sports Illustrated said I was going to be the next Arnold Palmer. Yeah, what happened? They wouldn't let me play on the pro tour anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Because you're black? Hell no. Alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God! Yeah, tournament down in Florida. I hooked my ball in the rough down by the lake, and alligator just popped up. Cut me down in my prime. He got me. But I tore one of that bastard's eyes out, though. Look at that. <laughs> you're pretty sick, Chubbs. I have never seen anybody <laughs> to hit that ball half as far as you can. You got real talent, kid. Well, that's nice of you to say, but uh, I've been training to be a hockey player my whole life. Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. Hey, I bet your neighbor, the accountant, can't drive the ball 400 yards. Bet your neighbor, the accountant, doesn't have a shot to get on the pro tour. How would I do that? You win the Open tomorrow, you're automatically on the pro tour. Then who knows? Maybe you win the tour championship one day. Get that gold jacket like I never got. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives this Yeah. Oh! Oh! Don't worry about that. Made of wood. It's real sturdy. Oh, boy. Sorry about that. Look, it was good to meet you. 
but, uh, yeah. So, uh, all right, I'm out of here. You know, this is not real smart, kid. I thought you were pro material. Trying to make the big bucks. <laughs> What kind of big bucks? So if you haven't seen Happy Gilmore yet, I highly recommend it. So in this scene, what is Chubbs, the golf coach, doing? First, he's trying to get Happy to change how he views golf. This is just like our first step, changing our lens from pessimism to optimism. Second, he wants Happy to practice and focus on golf, not hockey. This is our second step. What happy practices, happy gets better at. Third, later in the movie, Chubbs teaches Happy how to visualize so that he can maintain calmness and control his anger. This is our third step. We need to be able to visualize or imagine the future so that we follow the right path. That's the whole point of Chubbs' statement about the gold jacket and how that can impact Happy's future. So let's take a look at the first step, changing our lens. We take off our pessimistic lens and put on our optimist lens because we are looking for the best in people, in organizations, or in situations. For example, my son didn't look at the cheese boards as something me and my wife were forcing him to do. He looked at it as fun and challenging. If you're a new recruit at boot camp and look at the obstacle course as purely pain and suffering, that's what you'll get out of it, pain and suffering. But if you look at it as a way to build your capacity to deal with obstacles when you go into battle or a way to build teamwork with your fellow recruits, you can approach it in a more positive way. This can also apply to getting a new job or starting a new business. Yes, it is stressful. And yes, it takes work. But if you look at it through a positive lens, what is stressful becomes a challenge Situations that could be viewed as negative because you are unsure of what to do, they become an opportunity. So this leads us to our second takeaway. What we choose to practice, study, and observe is what changes. Are you looking to make a change in yourself or your organization? Ask yourself what you want to change, then take positive action. Think about our example from last week where we talked about an engineer that gets promoted into a management position. If that engineer keeps focusing on engineering and products but doesn't choose to learn about what drives people, what brings teams together, or what competencies they need to be a good leader, there will be a mismatch between the role they are supposed to play and the one they are actually playing. By focusing on what we practice, what we study, what we observe, we can develop into a better version of ourselves. And this leads to our third and final takeaway for this episode. We need to have a vision. Whether that is a vision for ourselves, a vision for our teams, or a vision for our companies, without thinking of how things could be in the future, we are missing a big part of how to get better. Visualization of how things will be in the future can help us move forward. And when we are visualizing... We need to think of a positive future because positive thinking creates positive action. So let's quickly recap this episode. The Swiss cheese model helps us understand safety, helps us understand risk, helps us understand that no organizational defense is 100% effective. 
the defenses may have holes in them, and those holes are constantly changing. In order to deal with inevitable changes and gaps in our organizations, we can build capacity. Just like my son's little ninjas class learned to navigate the cheese board by building capacity, we can also build capacity in our organizations, and we can do it in a motivating way by using appreciative inquiry, a positive, strength-based way to look at capacity building. We put on a positive lens. Then we choose to practice, study, and observe things that can move us in a positive direction. And we create a vision of what we want to be or do in the future. Appreciative inquiry is a very valuable way to build capacity. And it doesn't matter what kind of capacity you're trying to build. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found some value in it because I found a lot of value in preparing for it. Please visit www.crucialtalks.com and reach out to me. I'd love to connect with you. If you have any questions, would like me to present to your organization, have any advice for me, or have ideas for what you would like to hear in a future episode, please let me know. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.